You know, I haven't got a single round of golf in yet towards my 100 in 2021, but I do play the new Sim Max, which is what Colin Morikawa played at this past WGC event. It is the Bones DK Golf Cast joined, as always, with TW Man 66. How you doing today, T-Dub? Doing great, and I'm loving my underbat on the 100 round. Well, you know what? Uh, time moves forward March 14th here in North Central West Virginia, so daylight will get longer, and you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot. No, you can count on me uh, <laughs> at least starting to play golf in March and not waiting till April. Uh, the namesake of the podcast, Bones DK Golf, how are you doing? Any surprises, Bones DK, also for you at this past uh, WGC at the concession? Yeah, what up, Ed? Thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, man, uh, you know, I haven't slept since the Morikawa win. You know, I was on him the week before, just like uh, I was saying last week about Bryson. I just didn't go back to Morikawa at a cheaper price, only 9K. The guy wins. And uh, congrats on that guy. I love him and I wish I played him, but hopefully some other people have some bets on him and want some money on him. Yeah, only 24 years old or just a few days shy of 24 years old. I mean, he could very well be the number one player in the world very soon he's having a heck of a 2020 and the beginning of a 2021 any surprises for you wild man and the other thing i was wondering and it was kind of some buzz on twitter throughout the weekend why does the concession even exist (laughs) except for this golf tournament once a year because there aren't double digit handicappers that go out there like you and i and actually play that course are there well i know azinger is like like the most famous member uh but I don't know. It's, there's some story behind, like, like Jack Nicklaus and Tony Jacklin at the 1959 Ryder Cup or something, like, competing a putt, so they tied, you know, just just to be as lame as possible. So that's pretty much why it exists. Any surprises, though, <laughs> out of the tournament field? Reed and McElroy, I know you were high on. Uh, they kind of fizzled out there late on Sunday. Yeah, I don't know about any surprises, really, but one thing I'm going to say is this. We... We're on Kevin Na a week early. We were on Patrick Reed a week early. We were on Matt Homa a week early. Uh, and now we find ourselves on Morikawa a week early. All four of those guys have won since the turn of the new year, and we've had them in lineup um, where they where they sort of let us down. So I, I'm looking at that narrative a lot this week. Let's talk a little bit about this week. It's the second consecutive stop of the PGA Tour in Florida, a staple every year, the Bay Hill, or at the Bay Hill, I should say. It's the Arnold Palmer Invitational. And uh, some key stats about the Bay Hill. Water in play on 10 holes here. Very well-guarded greens. 85 sand traps throughout the course. And, Wild Man, I'm sure you know this and you're going to talk about it, but in 2020, this played the most difficult course on the tour. Uh, Players played this course at 2.1 strokes over. So uh, only four players last year under par at this tournament. So what are the key stats that you're looking at this week, Wild Man? Because this is going to take some big shots out of, again, some big-time players. Yeah, I mentioned it last week, uh, and, and it was a wind finder. So in Florida, that's really a, a big uh, item that can turn the tide of a tournament. At this course, you know, you, you, you generally consider it one of the tougher courses, being 7,400 yards. Mike said a ton of sand traps. But the most important thing about this course, to me at least, is is uh, uh, fairways gained and fairway accuracy. Because you've got several tee shots that have water running up the entire side of the fairway. So not like you can carry this water. If you get left or you get right, 
on certain particular holes, you're going to take a penalty and you're going to probably make a big number. So when the wind kicks up, that's when you see big numbers. That's when you see the course play a lot more difficult like it did last year, um, but not previously with, with other guys, you know, other years where you're looking at 17, 15, 18, 19 under par. So uh, it looks right now in Orlando that Sunday is going to be the windy day, but uh, not much wind in the forecast right now, Thursday and Friday before the cut line. So the field this week also, a lot of the American players taken off as they prepare for next week's big tournament at the Players. Uh, a lot of Europeans in this field. Strategy, as Wildman kind of just mentioned there a moment ago, uh, Bones DK, strategy is going to be important here. Um, it's a long course at 74. Not, I shouldn't say that long based on PGA standards at 7,400 yards, but management is going to come into play. Risk-reward is going to come into play a lot out here at Bay Hill. Um, what kind of key stats are you kind of going with your build this week? Yeah, I'm kind of looking at around the green and uh, guys, you know, make birdies. I, there's not going to be many eagles on this course, even though there are four par fives. Um, they're more birdie par fives. So I'm not going to look into guys that, you know, score eagles or anything. I'm just going to, um, around the green and this golf course is something I'm looking into a lot this week. And I'll, I'll run down some players I like here shortly. Yeah, I just mentioned 85 bunkers on this course, some well-protected greens and some bunkers in good spots on the fairway for these heavy hitters. Uh, does sand save percentage, wild man, matter at all this week? Has that been a stat you've looked into? Well, it's always going to matter, and again, it's it matters more. You know, saving and scrambling matters more, I think, when the conditions are a little tougher. With the wind conditions, with long irons because the greens are not as undulated as they were last week. They're not as difficult. Um, they're a certain type of Bermuda that's easier to putt on than you're going to see last week. And uh, and also, you know, I'm just playing that narrative that this uh, winning score is going to be closer to 20 under than it is 10 under. And so I'm looking at not guys that are making saves, but guys that can make uh, a really good iron shot and birdie. Bones DK, you talked about scorable par fives. They are scorable at Bay Hill. And when you say you're talking about guys around the green, are you suggesting proximity to the hole is a big statistic that you're going to look at this week? Yeah, definitely. I'm, I, Wild Man brought up the Bermuda greens as well. I'm looking at that pretty strong. Um, I know a lot of the guys are going to be laying up this week. So another stat you maybe want to look at is maybe proximity about 100 yards. If you're laying up, if you're not a bomber, uh, you're not really getting advantage of the field by bombing the ball out there this week. So you just want guys that can, you know, hit the ball forward. Kind of like a Kevin Kisner kind of thinks about that. I'm not saying he's a great player this week, but that kind of style of player, you don't need to be long on this long course uh, as long as you're just getting it on the green and making fun. Let's talk about some of the guys that are going to be involved this week, and some of them are going to be familiar names as we've heard a lot about them. They've been playing great golf. Victor Hovland, one of them. Patrick Reed, another. Um, this field, as I mentioned, not a whole lot of American players as, as uh, American PGA players. There's more Europeans in this field. Well, I shouldn't say more, but more than, than usual. Um, but some of the notable names here, you got Rory. You got Brandon DeChambeau. I just mentioned Victor. Um, you have last year's winner, Terrell Hatton. Uh, Patrick Reed. Uh, M is in this crowd. Spieth. A lot of guys are talking about him. Jason Day. Louis A. Stousen. Um, Nick Fleetwood, I'm sorry, Tommy Fleetwood, Billy Horschel, who's a big name from last week. So let's start, Rob, with the two guys at the top, the two uh, marquee guys here, Rory McIlroy, Brandon DeChambeau. Rory coming in at 9-1 to one odds. You can get him on DraftKings at 11-5. Brandon DeChambeau, 12-1 to one odds. You can get him at 11 
two highest priced players this week. Are they any value to having them? Yeah, look at Bryce, and all of a sudden going from ninety nine hundred to eleven thousand. So uh, that's a pretty big price jump there. I was hoping I was going to get him a little lower, but the field, like you said, isn't that strong. Um, I, I tweeted last week I was going to go down with the ship with Bryson. Uh, he kind of, you know, saved me a little bit coming T twenty two and scoring. I think not seventy eight fantasy points. So he ended up paying off being on the uh, being on the winning lineup. Uh, I'm leaning towards a more balanced build this week. I just see a lot of value in the 9K and 8K range, which we'll get to later. Um, but Roy and Bryson, I mean, they're priced uh, correctly. These guys are dominant. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get to them this week. I'm definitely going to play Bryson in a DPP lineup. I, you know, the day I fade him will be the day he wins. So I'm kind of stuck on him until he takes a week off. Uh, but yeah, I'll leave Bryson there. Rory, I, I don't know. He's been playing great. He rates out well. I, I'm just not there yet with him at 11.5. The thing I mentioned at the top of the podcast here was uh, that Brandon DeChambeau was one of four players at last year's Bay Hill, same course that was under par. Everybody else was over par in that golf tournament. Uh, another guy that was under par, he was the winner. Terrell Hatton, Victor Hovland, Patrick Reed at our next tier wild man at about 10,000. Uh, well, we got Hovland at 10-6. He's been playing fantastic, by the way. You got Patrick Reed coming in at 10-2. You've got Hatton coming in at 10 and uh, the long shot out of that group, actually, though, Patrick Reed is 20 to 1 odds to win it. Hovland and Hatton, uh, 12 and 16, respectively. At that tier, anybody moving the needle for you, Wildman? Yeah, for me, it's going to be Hovland. Um, it's not probably that hot of a take, but if you watched last week's tournament, of course, that should play a little more difficult than this week. As I mentioned before, without the wind, um, he gained almost six strokes. Uh, more than the next player in last week's event. And if you watch the tournament, he made a, a very, very unfortunate quad uh, late on, I think, uh, Saturday, which cost him four shots and ultimately probably the tournament because there's nobody right now, including Colin Morikawa, that is as dangerous with the irons than Hovland. And when you start thinking about tournaments that can be won at 18, 19, 20 under, you're going to need guys that can shoot the four at least once out there he's one of them i think he's got a really 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 strong chance to win this tournament yeah he made some unbelievable shots at the concession this past week also and really i mean came out of the gates red hot was the only guy to birdie birdie the first two holes he was ready to play ready to win uh just didn't have the momentum he needed to get him across the finish line i gotta ask you though bones dk what about patrick reed in this situation 20 to 1 odds ten thousand two hundred bucks is this a rebound week for him I, I feel like he really wanted to not only win last week he was the defending champ don't forget he really wanted to beat rory in that final round also those two have a lot of history and uh, i don't think it was very satisfying for him i think he wants to try and come back this week thoughts on that yeah, I'm there with you, uh, Edge, on the rebound week. Uh, kind of what Wildman was saying a week early on uh, Patrick Reed, even though we are already a week early on him. I could see him winning the tournament. Uh, the only thing that scares me a little bit is he doesn't putt too well on Bermuda. It's not his favorite putting. Uh, he likes Hoa a little bit better, and uh, he's much better on bench. So that's the only thing that scares me a little bit. But I like him at 10-2, possible rebound week. And, uh, he looked really good last week. Uh, I think Hovland is going to garner almost all the ownership <laughs> in that range. So I, I worry about that as well with Hovland. I, I know he's playing incredible. It's saying for me, I'm not saying to fade him, but he's going to be a high end again. So uh, I, I'm, again, looking a little lower maybe to the 9K range this week uh, to start my build. 
Let's talk about the 9K week, and we'll keep it with you here, Bones DK. Uh, J M coming in at 22 to 1 odds. You can get him at 9 7 on DraftKings. You got uh, Fitzpatrick coming in at 25 to 1 odds. You can get him at 9 8. Matsuyama, Spieth, and Casey all coming in at 28 to 1 to win the golf tournament. Matsuyama, 9 4 on DraftKings. Spieth, 9 3. Paul Casey, 9 1. And then Tommy Fleetwood at 40 to 1. Coming in at 9000 on DraftKings. Who you got? You just said you like the $9,000 tier. Who you got out of that group? Did I leave anybody out, Bones? Uh, you know, I'm looking at the first two guys. Matthew Fitzpatrick, who I think is probably my favorite player of the week here. I'm, I'm hoping that he's not going to garner too much ownership as well. I feel like he's probably going to be the highest zone in this range. But this guy really touched well on Bermuda. He's been soaring in the world ranking all the way up to number 16 now. Uh, this guy's playing golf. Uh, he, he rates out incredibly well. And he actually plays really well in the wind. Uh, so if that does come on Sunday, he's in the hunt and you need somebody that plays well in the wind, it's not to sit back there. And, and um, you know, Sung J.M., again, the same thing. He, he puts amazing on Bermuda. He's actually, he actually loses stroke uh, strokes in the wind. So he scares me a little bit there, hearing that it possibly could get windy on Sunday. Uh, out of the two, I'm definitely leaning to Patrick, but I like both of them a lot. And then the one other guy I wanted to bring up, well, two, two other guys, but uh, Jordan Spieth actually reached out pretty well. I never thought I'd say his name or see him in my lineup. I know it's not going to be in Wildman's lineup, but, you know, someone to look at. And then also a guy uh, that was on the $3,000 line last week for B. Kobe. Shout out to B. Kobe on that cash, seventh place, Jason Day. Uh, he has two withdraws in the last two years he played here, but uh, he's made the cut every other year. And this guy plays great around the green and also plays well in Bermuda. So that's uh, those are the four guys I'm really looking strong when I in the 9K range. Two withdrawals the last two years or he's played at this golf tournament? Yes. Uh, yeah, check it out at Fantasy National. Yeah, he has two WDs. So. But if you look at this guy, I mean, he either makes the cut or comes in in the top 15. Uh, you know, coming off of 18th at the WGC, a 7th at the at the Pebble Beach, miscut, miss miscut, and then a 12th at the RSS. So, really not the down guy. You got to worry about him just like Wolf that he might withdraw again because he's just such a little weenie. That's it. But, that's what uh, I mean. I like, comes through for you at a low ownership. <laughs> but if he's low ownership, I mean, that's when you want him. Hopefully, he's like 5% owned and he, come, he can win the tournament easily. I mean, if you're telling me Jason Day can't win this tournament. You're crazy. So I, I just like that as an ownership standpoint. If he's low, that's the one I'm looking at strongly. It's just weird that he withdraw withdrew the last um, last two tournaments. And, and you know, they're all like he's like one of he may be the only guy I can think of right now off the top of my head too that you're like, eh, you got to worry about him withdrawing. You know, I mean, seriously, can you think of anybody else? I mean, aside from Tiger Woods, who had a metal spine and people were worried about him playing before the wreck, of course. Glad to know that Tiger's getting better, by the way. It was awesome to see everybody in black and red this past weekend. That was really, really cool. But is Jason Day the only guy on tour you really got to worry about that with, Wild Man? I mean, can you think of anybody else? And, and I know we cut up on him wearing mittens and, like, having to lie down because of vertigo. These are all real things that happen, by the way. I'm not making them up. What is with that? The only guy even in the... And I wouldn't even say he's in the galaxy, but he's also a, a guy prone to withdrawing is Louis. But, I mean, nobody's like that. And a nice call last week with this by the way, wow, man, that he really came through for a lot of the people there. Great call. One thing I'd like to mention also, Jordan Spieth, this is his debut at Bay Hill. No course history here. I'd watch out for that, uh, especially if there is wind on Wednesday. 
let's talk about Louie and that $8,000 tier. You got Louie, you got Molinari here, Horschel, who was a big name last week. Again, Ustazen and Molinari are going to go uh, 8,800, 8,700 respectively. They're both 35 to 1 to win the golf tournament. Horschel, Leishman at 40 to 1. Horschel coming in at 8-9 and Leishman at 8-2 on DraftKings. And then uh, you got a guy named Burns I'm not real too familiar with. Uh, Harris English, though, we talk a lot about him. Zalatoris coming in at 45 to 1. Burns is 8-4. English is 8-3. Zalatoris is 8-6. Homa, 50 to 1 at uh, 8-5. And Kokrak, 50 to 1 at 8-1. I know I just burnt off a lot of names there, a lot of numbers, wild man. Who you got in that middle range? Louis, your boy? Louis. I'm going to pass on Louis this week. Uh, I'm actually looking at the guy that rates out the best for me and what I've been talking about all pod, which is off the tee and, and iron play. And uh, it Harris English, believe it or not. I know he's playing bad, but uh, man, he, it, it just feels like a spot for him. He's got uh, three straight made cuts here, coming off a ninth last year. He just won a few weeks ago. Um, so, you, you know, don't give up on him quite yet. I'm not, I'm not saying bury him in the lineup, but uh, I like him. Uh, the other guy, I feel like it's his week. He can will Dallas Um He can hit it. He can hit it high. He can hit it far. He can hit it straight, and uh, and he can get dialed in. He's we talk about him almost every week at this point. He's won several times worldwide in the last eighteen months. He's got a top ten in a major. He's got another slew of top tens and fifteens. I think he's ready to go. And then the guy that um, you just can't deny his play right now. Is Jason Kokrak at eighty one uh, again? Waits out, rates out. Pardon me, very well, and is a really, really, really good player off the tee. So he should put himself in position to attack in, and uh, I think he could go low. I will absolutely, by the way, be fading speed because I think he's the poster <laughs> child of how you can get in trouble at this course. He can't keep it straight. He's going to be all over the map dealing with these roughs and and hooking it into the water. No, thanks. Jordan Spieth, yeah. Uh, yeah, no course history here. He worries me a little bit also. 66-1, to 1, I'm just going to throw out some names here. Got to uh, pick up the pace here a little bit also, Bones DK. Uh, Wildman has a mandatory call uh, with headquarters here in just a little bit. But it's 66-1, to 1, Justin <laughs> Rose, Kevin Kisner, um, Ricky Fowler, Kevin Na, our boy. And uh, Rose at 7,800, Kisner at 8,000, Fowler at 7,800, Na at 8,000. Who you like out of that group? Anybody I'm leaving out that you want to throw out? Uh, you know, I, I just want to take a quick take on Harris English. He went from $7,500 to $8,300 this week after coming off an 80 on Sunday, burning everybody. I was high on him. He scorched about half my lineup. That is a great rebound spot right there. This guy is good at golf. He's good out of the sand. I like him at tough courses. He's around the green. is money. And he also puts great on Bermuda. So that's someone I'm definitely going to look at. That probably went from 25% on last week to probably 5% on this week. I uh, love that play. All right, uh, another guy I'm looking at is Mark Leishman. He's a defending champ here. Uh, a lot of guys have been talking about him, you know, all year. He has a fourth Sony in January. His form, to, form seems to be finally back. He was really struggling there for a little bit. I mean, he was a, you couldn't even look at him. But this guy is defending champ, has great history here, a second and a seventh. And also, I think, has never missed a cut here, maybe one time. But I'm looking hard at Mark Leishman. Uh, you know, you're looking at Co-Crack. He actually got bumped up $1,000 in price for $7,100 to $8,100 this week. That's pretty interesting. And then also, uh, Lanto Griffin. 
He went from 67 dollars dollars last week to 77 this week. So I'm a little disappointed on those price bumps. I was looking to add those guys, but the price is a little high for me. Um, you know, I think a guy that's going to be low on there, Taylor Gooch. Uh, he's been re- uh, playing really well uh, lately, and he also plays well in Florida. Uh, I think he's actually priced a little high as well. I, I was hoping he was going to be about 7400 so I think that will lower his ownership a little bit. Uh, so I think that's a very interesting play. And then obviously, my boy, the one and only Cam Davis. Love him at long courses, par fives, all that, everything. I'm probably going to put him in my lineup this week. Again, I wish he was about uh, you know 7200 but the prices are a little higher this week. That's not a strong field. So you're going to have to pay up this week some guys that you normally wouldn't. Uh, but Cameron Davis, scoring points, DK, make the cut. Let's go. It wouldn't be a Bones DK podcast if uh, Bones DK didn't mention Lanto Griffin. But uh, <laughs> out of your power six, Steve, for your lineup, who are you going with, Wild? Well, I, I, I'm looking at uh, Rory McElroy up top. Uh, you know, I, I think you said power six. Uh, you know, you, he, he, McElroy is just so interesting because he, he – you get the feeling that he's not playing well and he's just sort of falling out of the limelight. Well, he finished six last week. You know, went toe-to-toe with Patrick Reed on Sunday. Um, he's coming in off of four consecutive top sixes at Bay Hill, which means he can do it in the wind. He can do it in beautiful conditions. Um, he's, you know, he's a guy you just have to look at. And, um, you know, maybe I, if you start McElroy, you're coupling him with my block fighter of the week. Uh, which is Harold Varner the third at sixty eight hundred. Wow. The curveball for fire of the week coming out early. <laughs> Harold Varner the third, sixty eight hundred. That's a good price. Right, that's a good here, price. Here's the fire of the week. It probably will take someone at that price range, uh, you know, to win to win the DK contest. You're in because uh, the yeah, field no. the, the field is different. There's not too many huge headlining names in it. Well, remember this too. This is what's called an invitational. Um, so, by its namesake, you have to be invited into the tournament or qualify yourself in. There's only 123 players, and it's still the top 65 guys making cut. So, your your percentage to make the cut is higher than a normal field that has you know 150 to 155 players. Six for six is especially important here. It's actually a spot where maybe you don't want to get quite as risky because one missed cut is going to put you behind the eight ball, probably. But don't forget, Bones DK Golf definitely this week was able to make a forty thousand dollar cash by going five for six as well. One of the most incredible things we ever saw in uh, DK fantasy sports history. So don't don't uh, you know feel horrible if you only get five or six through. But absolutely, you want to get six or six through every single time. Any final thoughts, Bones DK, about the Arnold Palmer Invitational coming up this weekend at the Bay Hill Club? Uh, this is one of my favorite events, Barney Palmer, the uh, Pittsburgh native. So I feel like, uh, you know, we need to represent Pittsburgh here and, and do well this tournament. So going to try to really put out my top pick. Uh, none of these guys I mentioned today, I'm going to say are must plays or anything yet. I'm going to review uh, what we said and everything and put out my top picks tomorrow. So tune in. I get a podcast out for there as well. But I uh, just wanted to get some uh, takes on some guys early on in that uh, first look. So excited about this tournament love it uh the pittsburgh native native Artie palmer uh one of my favorite tournaments tw man we wish you lots of luck this week anything you want to say to the listening audience final thoughts before uh we part ways my uh yeah my my uh big lines here are going to be varner is the flyer of the week the top 25 the event i'm gonna pick um i'm zeroing in like i said many many times on the on the 
tee ball and then the opportunities off of the fairway. In addition to Kokrak, I also like Corey Connors. I'm going to pick Corey Connors, the top 20 of the event. Love that pick. And I'm going to pick uh, Sung J.M., the top 10 of the event. I love that Sung J.M. pick. Uh, in fact, Sung J.M. at 22-1 to 1 and 9, uh, yeah, 9,700 on DraftKings might seem a little high, might seem a little long shotty, but he's had two visits here to Bay Hill. He's finished third both times. Let's hope that the wind doesn't affect him on Sunday. We got two more minutes here, TW man. Baylor, West Virginia tonight in Morgantown. Who you got? Well, you know where my heart is, Edge. It's with the Mountaineers of West Virginia. It's a big spot for them. You know, we talk about it all the time when we watch West Virginia play. It just seems like this our opponent just knocks down outside shots. And uh, Baylor offensively, you know, top three in almost every statistical category. So they're going to need to make them tonight uh, because West Virginia is going to be hungry. If they if they can miss a couple shots, I like West Virginia to have a chance. I'll go I'll go uh, seventy five seventy three West Virginia. These are the top two scoring teams in the conference. Baylor averages eighty six points a game. WVU averages 79 points a game. There's going to be a lot of points scored in this one. And believe it or not, not you know a huge rivalry you would think would exist between these two schools. They're so far away and such different institutions. But I can tell you this, Drew does not like Huggins, and I don't think Huggins likes Drew. And Baylor has been listening all year long to Mountaineer fans chirping that, hey, we want a piece of you, we want a piece of you. I believe they'll be ready tonight. Who you got, Bones DK? Well, Ed, just... Is that you tripping on, uh, tripping to them on the court side? Like last time we were at that game in uh, Morgantown, you almost got tossed from these. Yeah, Joe DeRosa. Beat the shit out of us. Joe DeRosa know, almost sent us sent me out, <laughs> but we beat him, and uh, I did heckle them the whole game, and we won. <laughs> did, so. did we beat him that game? Uh, yeah, I thought we lost that game, but uh, you know, Ed gets me tickets on the court side. We go get da- uh, get down there, and he's almost tossed out of the game about ten minutes in. We got warned by the refs and coaches, so that that was one of my favorite moments <laughs> yeah. in a while, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, obviously, we all four, all four Bonnenberger brothers went to WVU, so I'm going to root for WVU. I don't know if we're going to win or not, but, uh, uh, you know, let's go WV. I think WVU 91, Baylor 90, that which was the Oklahoma WVU score, but I think this one will be in regulation. There's going to be a lot of points scored tonight. Um, and let's hope WVU can pull it out, like I just said, because I think they're coming for that number one seed, man. This team's galvanizing at the right time. And and it has been a problem for a lot of the Big 12 officials because with only 1,500 fans in the audience, which is what we've had the first three games, I'm a season ticket holder, of course, they can hear every word I say. So uh, they've been getting an earful from me. Few people rile my feathers like Big 12 referees. Let's just say that. But this is the Bones DK Golfcast. I am Golf Guy WV. TW Man 66. Good luck this weekend. Bones DK Golf. Good luck this weekend, man. Yeah, good luck out there. The topics tomorrow. Thank you for everything, guys.